Welcome to the Closing Time Podcast for the week of July 28th, 2019. I am Joe McGuire. She is Abby Bro. You can visit our website, ClosingTimePodcast.com, to do all the great, useful tips that we'll be sharing on the show and so much more. Make sure you keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, pretty pretty fun week for you and I. Yeah, we had a great week. Um, we're in the middle of a transaction, and, and things things almost got off the rails for a minute. As, as things <laughs> tend to do, and uh, thanks to our, I don't want to say expert level service, but near that. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of experience keeping uh, deals together, kind of, that are pulling in different directions, and we're able to keep them all balanced and together. The the couple that we're currently uh, working on, this particular transaction we're referring to, uh, have had some crazy things happen in the past. Yes. Uh, including when, when I sold them a home five years ago, the seller died a week before the closing. Insane. You just, you would never expect that. Yeah. And it was not, it was not a fun experience by any stretch of the imagination. No. It's, well, I, I want to say this was not like, um, an unexpected passing. This this yes. man was um, this was uh, yeah. he was ninety nine and, and and the listing agent him. was related and it was like we gotta move it along because <laughs> oh, no. yeah yeah things can happen so thirty day close and it still wasn't quick enough huh that's correct right so uh, a bumpy road a little bit for these guys but they're used to it um, we I was meeting with them the other night and uh, he actually said and I thought this was hilarious he said we are Murphy's Law yeah oh. Anything right, that can that. go wrong will yeah. go wrong, yeah. uh, but they are spectacular. And again, it's important. One of the things that I think we use this podcast for uh, is the same thing I think you and I do with our clients is educate. Yeah. You know, we talk to them about why. We had a home inspection where it was a little bit nitpicky, kind of a wish list. We've all seen those. Mm-hmm. We get it. When a house is in great shape, it's not like you're not going to ask for anything. You just sort of ask for, you know, the stars and hope you get anything. Right. So we explained that to them because on first appearance to the response, they were a little offended. Because mm-hmm. they've worked so hard in their home, like a lot of homeowners do. And when they are ready to sell, they're expecting, you know, that they, it's perfect. It's a, that I put all this um, time and effort and money into making the home perfect. It's perfect, right? Instead of telling your client, it's like rose colored glasses, this is going to mm. be great, you know, prep them for the worst and then explain. When, when things happen, because, look, we both understood why they were offended. Right. And we allowed them to kind of blow off some steam for a little bit. And then we talked to them about why that happened. And a peaceful resolution was reached. Yeah. A couple rocky day and a half. And then now we're, we're back to smooth sailing. So uh, we've got a lot to discuss this week. There uh, are a lot of different people trying to get into the game these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, we had to, we had to know Amazon was going to go full steam ahead into the real estate business because they're, they're in everything. They're everywhere. TV, every, you know, grocery shopping, literally everything. Amazon is creating a partnership that goes in the opposite direction of the normal real estate world in that they're, they're, uh, bringing forth a, uh, gigantic retail platform to facilitate phone calls with human real estate agents. Amazon said it's going to be working with Realogy, the nation's largest residential real estate brokerage company and the owner of Century 21 Caldwell Banker and some other brands to create Turnkey, a service that will help prospective homebuyers find real estate agents. And to entice customers, 
Amazon will give buyers up to $5,000 in home services and smart home gear when they close. That's only if you have a very high price point, though. I want to keep that like... Oh, is that right? Yeah. So it's kind of like on a sliding scale. So let's say that your house is like um, $200,000. You're going to get an Echo Dot. I gotcha. Okay. That's like what twenty five bucks. Yeah, that's and they're hilarious. really the only okay. reason you have that in your house is because <laughs> Amazon wants to spy on you. Um, <laughs> so thanks, no thanks. So if you if your house is like five hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get five thousand dollars, and it's not like you, they give you the five thousand dollars. It's like they give you like um, a ring and a dot and like whatever else you know just go with us and we won't spy on you afterwards <laughs> right that's the deal like, we're we gonna will not put have out there bugs right in your house <laughs> yeah oh wow uh for reality who will pay for those benefits the partnerships are wave using amazon to find home buyers and help its brokers separate the closers from the looky lose by rebating a portion of their commission in the form of free amazon stuff to anyone who actually buys a house right uh you know there, there's a lot of programs that are similar um, You're dealing with one right now, right? In regards to your, your uh, insurance company? Yes. How they asked you, you know, yeah. Did you, yeah. Did you want to use our guy to fix your car? Sure. Only to find out your guy doesn't even do that kind of work. Right. So, Excellent job. Yeah. So if you use the Amazon agent to buy a home in your community that you want to live in and they don't, they're not experts in that community, that's such a disservice. Yes. You know, it, it 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 it's really sad. And I actually put this up on my Instagram stories this week and I put a little um, survey like, is this good or bad? Like, what are your thoughts? And it was mostly um, agents that responded, but it was 100 percent of the people that responded said that this is a bad thing for for buyers and for agents. I think when it comes to getting it done for convenience sake, yeah. I think what it, in the real estate world, that's not that doesn't apply. No. Yeah. Like there's other things you can do in your life simplified. Mm -hmm. This process isn't one of them. You don't want to order your house or your real estate agent off of Amazon. <laughs> That's just not going to so work silly, out. It's so silly, but it's happening. It is happening, and we have to stop it. Yeah. Uh, Keller Williams and Compass leaders have been kind of going at it. Keller Williams uh, Realty President Josh Team said during an Inman Connect panel that his brokerage is investing a billion dollars into technology before he directed a jab at Compass CEO Robert Refkin, not buying market share. During a discussion entitled The Inman Interview, Can Your Technology Compete? Refkin touted purportedly unrivaled engineering talent and Compass's visions of building its first-of-a-kind search platform uh, team counter that Keller Williams is already delivering top shelf technology to its agents. Now, the two executives never directly disparaged each other's firms, but they traded some thinly veiled barbs. Mm. This isn't hyperbole or vision, team said about Keller Williams' tech platform, implying that Compasses is just that. This is real. Mm. Keller Williams' suite of tools, combined with its integration of an in house lender, is helping agents guide customers from. Uh, the time their contract information arrives in a database to the moment they order the appraisal. Interesting. I actually watched a little bit of this. Somebody posted it on Instagram, um, like an agent that was there. And you know what it reminded me of? Silicon Valley. Like, oh, <laughs> do you yeah. ever see that? Like uh -huh. how like all those tech guys are like, <laughs> 
it is like cutting edge technology. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, how much more innovative and wonderful can it be? I mean, if it is that great, awesome. I would love to see it. Right. Um, but I feel like what we have is wonderful already. But who knows? Let's just keep perfecting the keep, wheel. Right. I mean, you know, I, I've I've worked for a company that had in-house mortgage. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy wasn't that great, to be honest. He tended to kind of tell people what they wanted to hear. Right. Sometimes he wouldn't mention taxes and other closing costs, you know, till the closing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you were always sort of pushed to let him at least call on your client. Yeah. And um, did you... Were you like, oh, I hope he doesn't mess up? <laughs> um, I, I, I took measures to make sure that things were going to be all right. Right. Interesting. Um, yeah, I let him call them. But yeah, that was about it. That was about it. Done yeah. and done. So, uh, NRT CEO compares Compass Agent recruitment to shoplifting again. Mm. A lot, a lot of world words lately. Uh, Ryan Gorman compared Compass's recruitment of agents in the efforts to gain market share, uh, compared it to shoplifting at the uh, Inman Connect in Vegas on Thursday morning. Now, NRT's parent company, Reology, is suing Compass over unfair business practices and illegal schemes to gain market share at all Mm -hmm. costs. We don't sue for show, Gorman told an interviewer. This is the real deal. The industry should take this seriously. Gorman encouraged everyone in the audience to read beyond the headlines and kind of take a look at the actual lawsuit. He said after reading it, people won't wonder why Reology is suing Compass, but rather why it took them so long to do so. Damn. Um, You see a lot of that. I think these guys are just doing it on a grander scale. Yeah. It's getting a little bit on the petty side. Um, But it's real. I mean, a, a few months ago on one of the... Connecticut real estate Facebook groups, there was a giant heated thread in regards to unfair practices of poaching agents. Um, And brokers get mad, you know, and um, I can see why. But if, you know, you treat your agents well and they're happy and they're getting the splits they want and everyone's, you know, producing, then you don't have anything to worry about, right? Well, again, you're investing your time and your resources into your people. Yeah. And... I mean, you know, look, it's like professional sports. I mean, you know, there's a player on another team that's doing really well. Mm-hmm. You make a better offer. That's just kind of how it's going to go. Yeah. I just think maybe it's getting a little, it's getting a little petty and a little out of control there. Yeah. You know. Are you getting the calls? Um, I get calls pretty regularly. I don't get calls. I get um DMs. I've gotten texts. I've oh, gotten, I got texts too. Um, I got a call recently that was like more or less automated mm, yeah. from a broker, which was weird. It was very. I think I got the same one. That I wasn't good. one you're talking about. That wasn't going to do it for me. Yeah. I mean, pick up the phone. Well, I think they were using that as this is a tool that we use to um, do cold calling. So you don't have to do the cold calls yourself. We have an automated system that sends out a message, which is not. That does not interest me whatsoever. Well, sure. Yeah. I didn't call it back, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a great tool. Yeah. <laughs> some some more bad news. Uh, it looks like we may experience a recession in 2020, but there is good news. It won't it won't be due to the housing market. Yay! 
Half of real estate economists and experts surveyed by Zillis Week said they believe the next recession is coming 2020. Uh, the second quarter Zillow home price expectation survey just came out. Of these 100 real estate experts surveyed, half said a recession was likely to come in 2019, with 19% specifically pinpointing the third quarter of 2020, which lines up directly with the months leading up to our presidential election. Mm, interesting. 35% of those surveyed said they believe a recession is likely in 2021, meaning 85 of the 100 experts believe a recession will happen in the next two years, although experts say housing won't cause the recession. The potential slowdown will have an impact. More than half of those surveyed said they expect home buying demand in 2020 to be lower than it is this year. About a third surveyed said they expected it to be about on par. Hmm. The combination of slowing demand and impending recession could be good news for potential buyers here in the short term and cause further slowdowns in overall U.S. home value appreciation going forward. Home values are currently growing at 6.1% annually, but growth has slowed each of the past four months compared to where things had been. Panelists expect that trend to continue. They said on average the annual growth uh, should be around 4.1% at the end of the year and slowed at 2.8% in 2020. Two and a half percent by 2021. Uh, the results of this year's survey line up with a similar survey from May of 2018, when half said they saw a recession happening in 2020. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's obviously going to impact business somewhat. You know, maybe not at all. You're going to have to kind of do your thing. You're going to have to hit it a little bit harder, maybe in 2020 and into 2021. Yeah, those were a lot of numbers there. Um, but it looks like, um, I don't know. I'm worried that people are going to be, um, saving their money or investing it in other ways, you know, rather maybe in bonds rather than real estate in the next few years. Um, so I think I that's know. why it's important maybe to kind of find your niche. You know, we talked last week about military families yeah. and how much of the market share that they are and how impact impactful that could be to your business. Uh, the Britneys in our office just did uh, one of the hometown heroes. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, which is an excellent program. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of programs out there with incentives. Again, I think if no matter what happens, I mean, if you're working with investors or flippers, I think you're going to be a lot more impacted than what you're going to see as far as if you're working with, say, military families or, you know. Where, wherever it might be people that need to move yeah people, people are, are still jobs, gonna buy and reload. sell yeah right there's always gonna be reloads i mean that that's just you know we live in a state with 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 uh you know espn where there's a constant influx of people coming in and people going out mm -hmm. if you work in the right niches you're gonna be all right right that's yeah. that's my and that thought. actually is a good way to talk about um i think next week we're gonna have kelly turner on and she's going to talk about VA loans. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, we're going to talk about, about how we'd be able to help uh, the veterans. So that's that's going to be good. And we love Kelly. She's been fantastic. We had her on once before. It'll be good again. You know, we, we talk about we know what these programs are. How well do you know it? Right. How, how much can your client rely on you to give them the information that they need to make an informed decision? And that's what it's all about. And so I'm excited for Kelly for next week to sort of teach us that. Now, you're going to love this, Abby. Last year, nine real estate agents with the Lori Finkelstein Reader Real Estate Team in Florida sold 608 homes. Oh, my gosh. When did they sleep? 
I don't think they did. They didn't. Each agent had more than 60 transactions in 2018. Wow. Eric Bean, who's an agent on that team, said the success of the team is all about the culture, the training, and the accountability. Mm. We talk a lot about accountability. It's really, really important. Uh, this guy says the entire team meets at 8.30 every single morning, Monday through Friday. It's a mandatory meeting. And the team has high standards, too. Members need to close at least three transactions per month. Wow. Agents have 90 days to get up to speed. One of the systems the team has in place is the use of a showing assistant model. Okay. These assistants are usually newer agents on the team. They get a pay uh, fee of $30 per showing and a $300 bonus when the transaction closes. I like that. That's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. They So then they, they ramp up really quickly then. Yeah. That's great. Marketing comes at no cost to the agents, which, I mean, if you're doing that kind of work, who wouldn't, right. who wouldn't want to pay for your for your marketing? Exactly. You know, you're just out there getting it done, closing deals. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of culture that brokers really need to foster because um, obviously it results in success and none of these agents are going to get poached. There's the, no way. The key line was keep it small, focus on quality over quantity. You know, we're in an office that doesn't have a ton of people. Yeah. We have a ton of quality people. We have quality. And and that's more. I was in an office several years ago where we had over 100 agents on the roster. Mm. And about eight of them did about 90% of the business. Right. And the rest combined for about a handful. Yeah. I mean, people have different um, reasons that they're in real estate and, you know, different ways they want to run their business. So it's good that. They're allowed to do that, but you know these brokerages—they're just breeding success. <laughs> I love this is it. Great. I love it. Congrats it's, uh, to them. It's a good model for yeah. sure. Yeah, great. Now, a decade ago, real estate transactions were mostly local affairs. Despite the dot-com bubble around the turn of the century, real estate was hanging on to its analog procedures, and consumers were okay with that. But things have changed. People are looking for transparency in the closing process is getting a major shakeup. As frequently noted, consumers have uh, smooth, transparent experiences in every aspect of their lives. So it's, <laughs> it, you know, you pick up a phone, I want food. It's there. Right. Well, I talked about this a little bit earlier. Again, trying to trying to simplify a complicated process like real estate is not easy. Transparency is important. Mm-hmm. When I first got into real estate, I felt like my clients were completely in the dark about most of what was happening. You get the paperwork. We'll take care of everything on this end. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Right. right. I don't even understand what's happening. You know, and again, now I, I think when you're going through the process, this those same forms get requested more than one time. And you're like, I just sent it. Yeah. Why don't you send it again? If people understood the process better or the fact that, no, this is this is going to a different person altogether in a different place, things would make more sense. Uh, Increasingly, though, companies are trying to satisfy the transparency. Redfin, for example, uh, lets home shoppers request a home tour from their website and a whole slew of these iBuying companies will give sellers a quote almost instantly then close on the property in a fraction of what of, of time that it would normally take. These types of experiences have given consumers the expectation that every transaction in their lives should be smooth and straightforward. As a result, that's the type of closing people are expecting. That's the kind of 
uh, closing we should be working towards in the future. And again, it, it's a big part of what I try to do with my peeps. Right. Got to clue them in. A lot of education up front and throughout the transaction, to be honest. Yeah. All I have ever found. I mean, I'm a um, I guess I would call myself a brutally honest person. You don't mince words. I don't. Mm. And I like because when people say, look, just give it to me straight. Um, You're going to catch like a knuckle sandwich. It's going to be. <laughs> and it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud. <laughs> it's going to be very honest. It might hurt your fragile ego a little bit. But if, if you ask me for the honest truth about something and I'm legally allowed to speak on it, I will do that. Right. That's the important part. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Always within the law, but always honest. Yeah. I. But I wonder how this could actually hurt us. You know, these kind of smooth transactions and they, people really expect them and it's just not reality. You know, similar to what we talked about last week with the HGTV effect, you know? Yes. It's not always the case. So just hang there with me, you know? Right. Again, the biggest investment of your life. Do you want that wrapped up in 12 days? No. Does that seem like a good idea? 12 days and 12 clicks. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um. You know, I have a lot of friends, that, and, and I know you do as well, in the mortgage business, and I always ask them about, like, rocket mortgage. Is that yeah. a good idea? No. No. Of course it's not. Right. Get a mortgage online. Uh, whew. You know, sometimes it's a pain to go and meet somebody and sit and talk to them. Mm -hmm. You got to take time out of your life. What if you don't like that person and you have to, God forbid, go meet another one? Right. And sit and, and, and feel comfortable with that person. Mm -hmm. You're like, I just click and they'll just, I'll get whatever. Well, I had a Not buyer good. pick um, their bank to get their uh, loan. I'm like, okay, well, if you feel comfortable banking with them, you've been doing it for years, you know, please feel free to go that avenue. You know, um, but they actually confided in me at the end of the transaction that the only reason that they went with that bank is because at the um, bottom of their bank statements, it said, get a $500 credit for getting a home loan with us. Oh, wow. And when I reached out to the loan officer, I'm using hand quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was a first time home buyer. I'm like, well, you know, are they going FHA conventional? It's like, oh, well, we only offer conventional loans. And I'm like, well, don't you think that perhaps this it might be a better option for them to go FHA I wouldn't know anything about that Yikes. Yikes. yeah and you know you, you try and persuade them to go um with a, an option a better option that would be suit best suit their needs but sometimes people just want that five hundred dollars I had a couple many years ago who had been taken in by a real estate agent a, a subprime mortgage lender and an attorney who all basically assured these people they'd be able to refi in two years, despite the terms of the mortgage clearly stating Stop. the amount of money it would take to refi. There was penalties for early payoffs to pay more. They were not paying anything but interest for the first oh, six years of them. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And they trusted a lot of people. And it was my dad's friends, a real estate agent. So I went with that guy. And mm. I mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah. It, it took a lot of phone calls and a lot of convincing to get their mortgage fixed. Right. Uh, as well as a, a fax. That's how long this goes back from uh, Attorney General at the time, oh, Richard God. Blumenthal's office. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how serious this thing got wow. before they were able to change the terms to something 
uh, a little more Well, that's manageable. great that you didn't um, give up. I know? never give up. Yeah, no, I don't give up either. And I'll tell people something. If you call a company, mm-hmm. any company in the world, and they tell you the answer is no, what you need to tell them is, can you put somebody on who can tell me yes? Because clearly <laughs> you can't do that. You don't have that kind of power. I get it. Get me your boss or his boss, someone that's a decision maker. Somebody will, I'm telling you, you get the right person on the phone, you'll get whatever you want. You just have to stick with it. Well, maybe every company except for Babies R Us, I... I had. You have an issue with Babies R Us? I did. Now they're out of business. So oh. I put them out of business. Nice job. <laughs> uh, I know you love Disney. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I do. So Orlando, obviously home of Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, and so much more. Mm-hmm. It's a major vacation destination. Despite the constant influx of travelers, only 17% of real estate agents in the Orlando market have ever sold a vacation rental. That's amazing. Yeah, right? Again, I talk about finding your niche. If you're in Orlando and you're not in short-term rentals, are For you real? insane? For real. I don't even understand that. Um, they're doing more than $600,000 in vacation rental sales volume, this one particular company that was that was speaking at Inman. Uh, and, and they were talking about the fact that uh, just most of these these agents in town just aren't aren't even bothering. Uh, there's enough volume to go around for at least fifty percent of the market. Damn. That and, and so seventeen percent. They're talking uh, about another thirty three percent of uh, of these agents uh, could easily make a, a solid living in vacation rentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pointed out some owners have managers. These managers may own or control the property's books. There's all different ways where you could do property management uh, with vacation rentals. I think that's something you've sort of been been kind of looking into a little bit. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good money there. It's a 7 to $8 billion a year short-term rental commission in this business. Right. Wow. That's insane. And, you know, you, you set it and forget it. It kind of runs itself, you know? I mean, you, you learn the... Um the business and it's going to keep coming to be honest um i'm actually doing a vacation rental myself yeah in um mystic how's that going it's going really well um you know i mean obviously um the cleaning is a big part of it <laughs> okay. yeah i yeah. can see that um but uh you know once you have the property and everything um there are a lot of fees involved if you use airbnb or vrbo and um but you know if you market it yourself um it, it, it's like clockwork. It's It's been great. I would think in a place like Connecticut, mm-hmm. where we have obviously a wonderful shoreline. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much could pop that up on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Fill half your summer in a day. I got I got a week last week just mentioning it in a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah one tip, though, I've learned um, get dark towels like black or brown because no one's going to steal black or brown. Genius. Genius, right? What learn, a great tip. Learn that pretty quick. Why do they steal towels? <laughs> that should be the episode. Right? <laughs> that should be the name of this week's episode. Um, yeah, but anyway, so <laughs> in, in Florida, though, um, this is surprising. But you know what? They got to start selling these now because um, have you seen the sinkholes in Florida? Yes. Scary. Oh, my goodness. Sinkholes freak me out. Right? Yeah. And they just pop up out of nowhere. 
As a kid, I thought quicksand would be a bigger Where problem than sinkholes. Where has quicksand been? I've been saying this for years. It's a I shocker, right? like that was something I was seriously going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. I thought at least once I'd be waist deep holding onto a stick. Right. And it's never even, I've never even seen it. No. Is it real? Yes, it is real. But I think only like the Peruvian jungle. jungle. I may. Yeah. I may have to head out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you and I do a lot of social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, anybody who's not doing social media. I, I know one agent who doesn't, who still does open houses and mailers and, like, you know, does the newspaper ads, the whole nine. What's he's, wrong with open houses? No, 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 nothing. Okay. That's where he's trying to get buyers, though. Okay. And statistically speaking now, we know... It's hard to get buyers because most people that come to open houses are already represented. Right. Well, not necessarily. It's not. Again. All right. All you right. got a chance, but a a I would debate. say probably more than half the people that come to open houses have an agent mm-hmm. or have somebody in mind that they're probably going to use. Right. So when you are posting, it's important. You know, you, you don't want to look amateurish. And sometimes people get a little crazy on the hashtags. Right. Way too many. Don't go crazy on the hashtags. Also, just one hashtag seems awkward. Yeah. It looks almost a little desperate. Like, I'll just throw this up there, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Nine is the ideal number of hashtags. Nine. Yeah. All right. We're going to give you that and seven other tips for growing your audience online. Number one, create consumable thumb-stopping content. Mm -hmm. In the past, we used to produce videos that displayed company's brand logo that approach might have made sense if people were watching old school TV commercials. It just doesn't work anymore. Okay? No, because you have to appear authentic. Correct. Number two, set up a standalone page where content revolves around specific themes. People aren't going to like your real estate page. I mean, they will because they feel obligated to. Mm-hmm. They're afraid they're going to be bombarded with ads and professional content. It's smarter to build social media pages for content about specific things. Maybe you set up a page uh, on on local restaurants or historical societies, you know, or a podcast. Yeah, I saw there's a another um, podcast in Connecticut done by some um, loan officers, and they go around raiding uh, local pizza joints in different towns. Smart. Yeah, and so they just go and eat pizza. They talk about pizza and talk about loans. Seems seems great. Pizza and loans. Pizza and loans. <laughs> just, you know, just a couple of life essentials. The sad life of a mortgage rep. <laughs> uh, number three, beware of how the video actually looks. You'll sometimes see selfie style videos. You actually sent me one the other day that was almost good, but oh, completely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think they were going for um, they were going for bad and hoping for viral. Yeah. Yeah. It was hokey. Yeah. I think that's the right word. Uh, make sure it's not poorly lit. Um, the the image, the camera lens shouldn't be dirty. They just, just make sure it looks right. Hold the phone about an inch above eye level. Uh, move around the room. Find the best lighting. That's where you want to shoot from. That's super important. Also, number four. This is vitally important. Shoot vertical video. Most people engage social media on their phones. They're oriented vertically, not horizontally. Vertical content, as a matter of fact, is the fastest growing content 
in the history of the internet. Get out of here. If you need any more convincing about that, I don't know what to tell you. Does it matter what phone you have, like an Android or an iPhone? Nope. Or No, not at all. Nope. Okay, always good to know. go vertical. That's always the way you want to go. Yeah. Facebook stories, Instagram stories, they use vertical. Just go vertical. Number five, don't go nuts with hashtags. Mm-hmm. Instagram, maybe you could use 30 hashtags. Other networks, that some don't use them at all. Right. Sparingly is the way to go. Nine is the ideal number of hashtags. Actually, it's interesting. There's, I met with a local company out of um, Rocky Hill. They're like Instagram gurus. They're like, I think like 12 or 13. I don't know how old they are. But <laughs> they told me that hashtags are dead. Oh, because they're so, millennials. Because they're millennials. Well, I don't know. I'm a millennial, technically, I think. I found that out the other day. They might even be. What's what's after millennial? Yeah, I know. Millennials are like like 40 years old right now. Yeah. You know, well, 38. But What are these other people then? I don't know. Xennials? Is that what it is? I think I made that up, but I, I feel like I heard that. I've heard that, yeah. too. But I think that might be a, an insulting term. Xennial. But whatever. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Hashtags are dead, and so is Facebook. Right. Well, I agree with that. But yeah, but that's not true because I, know. I mean, there's still a zillion people on Facebook. And those people have money. Yes. And it might not be cool. And maybe it's your parents on Facebook, but yeah, I'll take my chances. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like nine, you know, 30 is way too much Two, not enough. Nine sounds good. Here's another great tip. Number six, tease videos with short clips and still images. Some people compare creating video for social media Hollywood movies, right? There's a Hollywood movie. They do a trailer. You should do that on Facebook. You could break up longer video content into short clips Mm -hmm. and release them on multiple platforms. Pull quotes from your videos. You could superimpose them on a still image or a photograph and post the resulting quote card to Instagram. Right. Like, there should be a picture of us that goes up on Instagram today that says buy brown and black towels. People won't steal them. People won't. Yeah. Genius. And this is something that um, we've talked about doing and something we should definitely do because um, it's what people want. And then if they wanted to continue watching your video or your clip, then they you, you have the button for IGTV. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like that. Number seven, find the people who liked your video content and then invite them to like your page. Would people click on your page if they don't like it, if they found it from an outside source, and you click to see all your friends that liked it? Yeah. And someone doesn't like it that, or doesn't like your page that liked it? There's literally a button that you click that says invite. Yeah. And they get an instant, hey, like the page. Yeah, because that people are finding your content via your hashtag. So if they're following the same hashtags, um, that's how you are connected with them. And uh simple as that here at clovercrest media uh we do that daily uh we just run through all of our posts on all of our pages Mm -hmm. and you'll find 70 80 people a day have liked a page that don't like the page and you invite them to and i mean i would say you got about about a 40 percent conversion rate and then do you go a step above and send them a message or do you play it coy and just do the invite I've just been doing the invite, uh, just sending the invite because the response has been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think if it's somebody I personally had engaged with mm-hmm. in the comments, then I might send them a message or I might even invite them in the comments to like the page right, that way. Because it's important to engage back once they have an interest in you. Um, 
yeah, it's important to communicate back. Well, again, I run six or seven pages on Facebook. And one of the things I find is when I send a message and I'm like, hello, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping you might like my new uh, Facebook page for my real estate podcast closing time. It would mean a lot to me if you could give it a like and possibly share it with your friends. When I send that message with the invite, Mm -hmm. I mean... 70% 70% conversion rate, I would say. That's great. People who I know personally, like, well, will always like immediately on that. So mm-hmm. that's that's a really good idea and a really good point. And then finally, number eight, don't forget about YouTube. You know, much of the discussion about social media is always Facebook and Instagram. There's a YouTube renaissance going on right now. You got to be on YouTube. Agents need to be smart about using that platform. You want to add descriptions and tags that accurately represent your content. Uh, you and I are getting on the YouTube. That's I, where it's at. I am so excited. Um, next week, we yeah, we'll be our first time filming the podcast in addition to being on YouTube. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. People need to see the faces. Yeah. It Joe... makes a big difference. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, Joe has been working tirelessly to get the studio ready. Um, and uh, yeah, we're super stoked. So that'll start next week. Next uh, week. We're very excited about that. But again, it's so important. You don't even realize YouTube TV and how many people it's and the hours of time they spend on YouTube. We just cut the cord at my house, too. We got the Amazon stick. Yeah. So, I mean. Oh, I've, I haven't had cable in forever. Oh, yeah. But I discovered YouTube um, when I uh, was a new mother um, because I was able to kind of get tips about having a baby. I had no idea what it involved. Um, but now, I, you know, I watch it because it's like 15, 10 minutes here, you know, and little videos about whatever you're interested in. And these people are amazing. But the big thing about YouTube is your consistency. Um, so you have to, if you're going to be engaging with your clients or, you know, your sphere, you have to do it on a consistent basis. Um, and then you'll start, you know, really seeing the followers of the subscriptions. We have all of our CMG podcasts on with YouTube channels Mm -hmm. and we just literally stream the audio to those shows with no video on YouTube and they still get tons of stuff. Oh Yeah. People will just listen to them. That's it's just got the graphic the up as a picture. Yes. Are we Are we doing that? I don't know if we're doing that on this show yet, okay. but, but, but we we're going to, right to the video we're, anyway. We're, but yeah. we're doing hardcore. This That's is great. something else. Cool. All right. We'll get all dolled up for next week. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about listing presentations, but a little differently than what maybe you've heard in the past. List to last is a common refrain here in the real estate industry. But in order to get that far, agents have to win over the home seller and get them to sign on the dotted line. In a session titled Nailing Your Listing Presentation this past week at the Inmint Connect Las Vegas, they gave five tips for doing that. Number one is almost a little crazy, but it's cyber stalking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's important to do your research on your home seller and on the house before the listing presentation. Go on Google, look the people up, see if they're on social media. LinkedIn is a great place to go. Um, Look up their tax records, see if they have multiple homes, find out what their financial situation might be. 
Some people think that. that's a little weird. No. Some people will be like, okay, stalker. And you're like, okay, I'm a good business person. Right. You have to be prepared. Not only that, but I go in a little bit deeper and I kind of check out their Facebook, see what they're interested oh. in, try and find out the personality and how perhaps they would like to be approached. Um, Abby, anytime I'm going to meet with a person, I immediately look on their Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Because if you were in Disney last week with the wife and kids... You're going to want to talk about it, and I want to ask you before. I'm like, hey, how was the trip? Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't see it in my feed. You obviously, these algorithms are so weird. You, you, you miss things. Right. If you're going to meet with somebody, it takes two seconds. It's like five or six posts deep. Yeah. And then you're more prepared. You know, what is their occupation? What do they do? What, what is their previous job? Um, you know, perhaps they're an engineer, and maybe analytically they think a little bit differently, so you're going to approach their personality differently than you would someone who might also be in sales you know everybody cyber stalks some yeah. of us do it for work mm-hmm. some of us do it for pleasure <laughs> do it for work do though it for it's work. the right yeah. it's the right move right here's another big one number two cultivate an online footprint on that note do everything and anything to be found that's hugely important some agents shun review sites like yelp but guess what consumers don't yeah it's a great tool. Consumers are there, so you have to utilize it. Go where the people are. Right. Use a different computer than your own to see what your online footprint looks like to somebody Genius. else. Yes. I love that. Yeah. You'll you'll I mean, your computer, your social media directs the results to you. Mm. Try you try try googling your name on someone else's computer. Go You'll, to the be library. <laughs> You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. Yeah. Number three, personalize the listing presentation. I think everybody knows cookie oh, yeah. cutter presentations don't work. Uh, where they are now and where do they end want to end up? That that's what it's all about. They don't really care about you so much as what you're gonna do for them. I love that. Talk, strategize, ask for their input Mm -hmm. on how they think the house should be marketed and sold. That doesn't mean you have to do everything they say, but make them feel like an active partner. Make it seem like we're working together and I'm working for you. I'm your lap dog, but I want to, I want to, you've been here for five, 10, 20, 30 years. You know, this, this house better than anybody. Mm -hmm. Let's work together. Empowering people. I think that's a good way to go. Number four, overcome objections. Home sellers' number one objections during the listing presentation is... Commission. Of course. How do the panelists at uh, Inman respond to requests to reduce the commission? No. No. Any other questions? Yes. Another big objection are those stupid Zestimates uh, that say a house is worth more than what the agent says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's funny because Zillow... As we we revealed a few weeks ago, just started using pictures. Yep. When it comes to doing their pricing, that's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I think I've said this before, but my uh, reaction to that question or the estimate conversation is, "Oh, when did Zillow um, come in to see your home?" You know, and then that right. just hits home for them. Number five, give sellers a timeline. A timeline shows the agent. Uh, what what work the agent's going to do to sell the home? Uh, if an agent gives the sellers the timeline before they sign the contract, at the back of their minds, they're already listing the house with the agent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're yeah. literally walking them right into it. Brilliant strategy. Have it up. Be ready to go. Yeah. 
fantastic tips, all of these. Yeah, I agree. ClosingTimePodcast.com. You can get all these great tips, all these news stories, and so much more. You can also listen to any of our previous podcast episodes, including the one uh, where we talked about uh, the incredible niche that military families are. Make sure you keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram. We also do home video tours, realtor branding videos, aerial shots, live streams, and so much more. Go to ClosingTimePodcast.com and click on the CMG Real Estate link. For Abby Brown, I'm Joe McGuire. Thank you for listening to this week's Closing Time Podcast.